Good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Marit. This is Marit and happy to have all of you here today. Um, this is our first episode and hopefully it'll be long lasting. And this one obviously is called the overlooked ingredient to long-term growth and success. So happy to have you here. I haven't done webinars very often, so this is a new experience for me. We're actually going to use our Facebook site to actually do conversations after this, so I'll be um, introducing that in a minute. But as any kind of program that we have, um, it's going to be a blend of concepts and actually the activities that we do afterwards are really what's going to, I think, be more meaningful. So hopefully you'll be able to take, you know, 20 minutes, so 20, 30 minutes, 33 minutes of action here, some concepts, go back, do some work, and hopefully you'll share your ideas um, when we get back together along the way. So the first thing that I want to do is make sure that everyone knows that you're welcome and uh, invited to our Facebook page. You can just go to Facebook and look up Mornings with Marit, and I'll launch some conversations even this afternoon, but please share what you're doing. Um, give us some fresh ideas so each month we can do something new. And if you're interested in being a guest, that would be much more fun than me talking all by myself in this lonely room. But I do have Linda here, so I have a little bit of moral support. So that always helps as well. I thought I'd start off the year this year talking about relationships. And, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about long-term growth and success. And the reason why I decided to choose relationships as the way that we got started this year is that many of us kick off the year, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, where we kick off the year and we put together our business plans and our goals and our metrics, and we forget to put relationships as part of one of the goals that we have. So, you know, being very um, purposeful in the way that we think about what relationships we need. We know at the end of the day, people stop things from happening and, and helping us with our results. And so why aren't we putting as much time into making sure that we have our relationships aligned, put together and managed correctly um, and measured, frankly, so that we're sure that we're able to impact the results that we're looking for in the long run. So I thought I'd grab a couple um, quotes out there. The one on the right's one of my favorites. Relationships can be the most important aspect of building a business. Um, and we don't sometimes think about that. I think some people intuitively get it. And many of you may be nodding your head. I'm not sure I'm going to say anything today that's going to be earth shattering. Hopefully it's just a reminder of, hey, this is something I've got to make sure that I'm doing on my own with my team, with my community, um, with my family that might make a sense to you. So hopefully what we can do is apply these concepts today in a variety of ways, not just from a standpoint of what it is that you're looking for from a business perspective. So we'll, we'll throw some concepts out there. We'll look at some different ideas as far as how you can adapt the concepts in various parts of your, your, um, your life, and hopefully it will make a difference. I, I also think this quote, Daniel Goldman in the middle of Western business people, often don't get the importance of establishing human relationships is an interesting concept that I read about. He's actually one of the forefathers of emotional intelligence that's out there. And if you look him up, you'll see quite a few quotes about it. So I thought I'd kick it off this year with just a reminder about relationships and what is your strategy this year for managing your relationships and be thinking not just short term, but long term as well. So what is a sphere of influence? That's the concept we're going to be talking about over the next 20 minutes or so. Um, if you look it up, the Oxford definition would say, and I'm not usually a go back and reference, but some of you might be here and then Googling it and saying, is she for real or not? So I'm going to try and create some legitimacy to it. So sphere of influence is a field 
of area in which an individual has the power to affect events. And, um, you know, I don't think we put it, put enough time thinking about our effect. And what I love about this slide is in the middle, it talks about inspiring. And that's where you actually see results is when you inspire people to do other other people to do things. And at the very end of this slide, I'm actually going to talk about how you get to inspiration. And it takes a variety of parts of your mind to get there. It's not just about your motivation and your skill, but it's also about where you take action and your time and commitment for doing that. So interesting factoid here, um, over 65% of your business comes from the sphere of influence. And uh, so if your sphere of influence is small, probably not a huge impact and set of results that you're affecting. And we know that, right? We know that we lean on people we know well to create relationships and to affect change and to see results and to ask for favors. And, you know, whether we're looking at fundraising or we're looking at going out and building a school somewhere or building something in our communities or, or for, for instance, even having a sale and it doesn't happen. And, and many of you know, the book starts with why or have listened to Simon Sinek. And so if you haven't, please think about going out there and listening to his um, YouTube video that's called Start With Why. And it reminds us that relationships and decisions that we make are all based on emotion first and foremost. And then it come, the, we justify it later on with actual facts and objective reasoning for why it is that we're doing things. So I think it's a good reminder for us in that regard. So let's jump into the sphere of influence for a moment. And if you look it up, you'll, you'll find that basically it has these three layers to it. It talks about the center of your um, sphere of influence is where you can control things. Control is kind of a powerful word. It can kind of scare, scare people a little bit. Does that mean I'm manipulating people or whatever? I suppose control can be used for good or evil. Hopefully you'll use it for good after listening to this webinar, but who knows, right? So that's how it works. Anyway, the reality is, is you, what we're going to talk about is creating three or four, I would say four, at least concentric circles where you're thinking about who do you have the most control over versus those people who you have some influence and then the outer circle being what you can't control at all. Now, if you look at it from a more holistic standpoint, global perspective, what might be out on, of the out of control, can't control items might be what's happening in regulation or laws and, and so forth. And sometimes we have more control, the, the smaller the microcosm is of our community and so forth. So when I think about this, one thing that I wanna clarify is that this is not about who's in your inner circle um, and who you lean on. That's a totally different conversation. Essentially, you may be in their inner circle. What we're looking for is who is it that you have influence over and who can you affect from a standpoint of decision-making. So if you consider this, the people who would be in the control center would be people that, that really look to you as being a trusted advisor. They call you for decision makings. You have influence from that perspective. Um, many of you who are um, principals, producers um, that are out there talking about what, what's a trusted advisor versus a vendor, we know that you're a vendor if people don't call you before they make a decision. And so obviously in the work that we do and the things that we're doing, we'd rather be in a situation where people call you to ask a question, ask your advice before they make a decision. Um, control would be, you know, that you can absolutely impact what they're going to do. Influence when, would then be, yeah, they're going to consult with me, but they still may go a different direction. Now, as we get into it a little bit later, I will challenge you to be thinking about, do you actually understand 
whether you do have it or not, or is it delusion from a certain perspective? Okay, so let's talk about creating a sphere of influence. First of all, you always want to do it in the context of your goals, right? And so this isn't just about this year. We may even challenge you to be thinking dream big, right? So where do you want to be five to 10 years from now from a standpoint of business, from a standpoint of community engagement, um, whether it's um, you want to be a mayor of a town one day or you want to be on the city council or part of the chamber or in your school districts or maybe you have other aspirations that you have or a job, some type of position that you're looking for long term. How are you setting the tone at this point in your career to build the relationships that you need to have in order by the time you're taking action you're not having to start the relationships at that point. And I find very often we jump right in to take action and we haven't thought through, have I created the relationships right? I mean, many of you know that I've worked with you all as producers. And when we go back and really do a drill down root cause, why didn't we create the sale? It's usually because the relationship wasn't what I thought it would be by the time I'm creating the proposal. And we know for those of you who are BORing, we, we absolutely know you've created the relationship. That's what you're selling on. You're not selling on product and price. So what I encourage you to do in the context of these spheres of influence that you're going to create is that you think big, then you set your goals, okay, and then we're going to build back in and say, what is the relationship that we have to have in place in order to go do that? So let's think about this. All right, so here's what we're going to do. This is the, the, the activity that I'm going to encourage you to do as part of your 2020 planning. Uh, maybe it's 2025 planning or 2020, 2030 planning, but let's sit down and think through what are your relationships. So what's the activity that we're asking you to do? First of all, your sphere of influence should certainly be in context of the goals that you have. So you might have, this is going to be my personal sphere of influence strategy versus this is my business one or my community one or, or maybe you're even in fundraising or governmental affairs in some way or another. So what we're going to ask you to do is, first of all, list all the relationships that you have, okay? List them all just on a sheet of paper, list them all down, just puke them out, get them all on the page, and you can add as you go. And then what you want to do is start to actually plot those into the spheres. And I've kind of created four concentric circles here. So tier one, I would consider people that you really have an, a control over, so to speak. And as I mentioned, control doesn't have to be a negative thing. Then you sort of have that next band that would be, I have a strong influence over those versus then the next band, which I have, might have some, they might check in with me occasionally. And finally, you might have the no control, the outer circle. If you're out of the circle, I might call you the RIP, rest in peace people. I'll never have an impact on you. It doesn't matter what I'll do. Um, it is what it is. And of course, I always talk about focus on what it is that you can control um, and focus your energy on what you control. So you're going to actually plot your relationships. So I'm going to give you an example of one. And so I thought I'd begin with um, Cindy Kwai. Many of you know her. So I would put her in my inner circle. I think I can probably control her. And then that's the conversation I have to with myself that says, hold on a second, Mart. Is that really, um, is that self, are you diluting yourself or is that truly self-awareness of the relationship? So I might have to reconsider and say, oh, no, she's probably in the outer circle. I have no control over Cindy Kwai whatsoever. It's about time I probably realize that. Um, frankly, I'm probably in her inner circle and that's how this uh, dog and tail get wagged 
waved around here. So let's be honest with ourselves. Let's just put her in the outer circle and move her out of the inner. All right. So essentially, you're going to plot it out. You get the concept of it. Um, but you might want to check in with others. I, I don't know if any of you have read Emotional Intelligence, but it talks about actually only about 36% of us are able to be honest with us and aware of our emotions at the time that it's happening. So we do have sometimes a mis misinterpretation and mis a lack of awareness of exactly how much effect we have on people. So sometimes we want to do this with other folks, but essentially what you would do is plot everybody out and put them where they are. Now I have names in here. Please don't take them personally. I just put them in randomly. So, you know, Kim, I see you're on the call. I know I put you out there on um, some influence. Hopefully, I'd, I hope it'd be a little bit more, um, but maybe it's no control at all. So um, you guys can help me with that. So essentially what you're going to do is go through the exercise of plotting your current relationships as they exist, as you see them, and hopefully you'll get some validation from people along the way so it's not um, doesn't begin with delusion. So this, the next thing you're going to do is actually go through the exercise then of plotting, well, where do you want them to be? What is the desired state of those relationships? And this is a really key thing, right, when it's tied to goals um, that you might actually have some long-term strategies then that get built because when you start to move people around within that sphere, you're really thinking about, okay, should they be close inner, closer in or do I need to actually release them and have less time and energy spent with those people. And so what I really encourage you to do is, is plot out exactly how you'd like to see your relationships. And by the way, you can't have everyone in your inner circle. You can't create a situation they say, I want to control everybody. I know there's some of you out there that want to do that. It's just not realistic. Let's prioritize the control that we need. All right, so what next? Next, we're going to talk about what strategies we have, and that's where you really have to sit down and put together, you know, your your smart goals around it, right? What are the things I'm going to do? How am I going to measure it? What, are, what am I going to be accountable for? And also thinking about who, as you know, with me, when I think about goals, I always want to think about who is it that can help me be accountable or help me with that relationship because we usually can't do this all on our own. All right. So what does that mean? All right. So if we want to improve somebody into the um, sphere of influence, first of all, we need to be honest about what relationships we need in order to cre create the results that we have. So there may be people out there that are blocking us from accomplishing things. So you may not like them and it might take actually parking your ego to go do something about that, which is fine. Now, I think when you start thinking about strategies, just like anything that I do, I want to think about the fact that you have um, to have to really clearly understand why is the relationship where you think it needs to, where it really is. Okay. So as many of you who've worked with me before, I use a you know problem solving model and I always think about root causes. So why is the relationship in the current state that is it is? One, it just may be I've never spent time with it. It's never been something that's been forefront of mind. And so there's no reason why there isn't a relationship. It's simply I just haven't made an effort. Um, you may not like them. <laughs> and that may be a reason as well. You have to be honest with yourself, which then be, begs the idea, do you really want to do business with them? And, and so it may be why is it that you don't like them? Is it that they have a different value system than you do? Um, what I do find with people is sometimes we go work on relationships, make them a priority, and at the end of the day, it's not a value system that's aligned. And it ends up usually being a relationship in the long run that takes a lot of work 
and may actually help make you make decisions that you really don't want to have to do. And so whether you're looking at clients, prospects, people, you know, values is a really key piece for me to make sure that you're drilling down and saying, do we have shared values? That's also a good place to start. If you know you have great values that are aligned, begin with a common vision and core value from that and the relationship can build around that. It may also be that you're just wired differently. So many of you have heard me talk about Colby. You know, I might be a quick start who's got a lot of ideas and has no strategy and plan for everything. I'm not real super organized. And so I grate, you know, Linda the wrong way because she's completely organized. And why do I keep interrupting her all the time? So sometimes we have to be, take some control over what our behaviors look like. Geography might be an issue as well. Is it just that I'm so different? If you've read the culture code, you know, they talk about, they actually study relationships and and communication and they effectively say look if you're more than 32 feet away from someone your amount of communication naturally breaks down very quickly um, if you're on a different floor than somebody it may be you may as well be in a different state so really thinking about maybe even strategically with your uh with team members, if you're trying to get closer, how do I move us physically closer to each other in a geographical standpoint? And then, you know, what are your goals? What's the time that you have? Make sure that you're aligning this to your long-term planning. And what I think is fun is if you do a sphere of influence exercise and you share it with somebody and you find that actually somebody that someone else is very much connected to is already in someone's inner sphere, how do you allow that relationship to continue to be created and so forth? All right, so um, the other piece of this is that uh, you may actually want to make some decisions about spending less time with people. And so we know that there's sometimes there are people who are in our inner sphere of influence, we can control them a lot and they take a lot of extra time of ours, and I call these people the time suckers of our world. And we, we give them way too much energy, time and resource. And so you might have to strategically make a decision to spend less time with those people so they are actually not taking up so much of your time and energy, all right? So be honest with yourself, figure out what you, who you need to be moving around, and then what is your strategy to go deploy that? All right, so then the question becomes where and how can I apply this? So far, we've really talked about applying it from a perspective of yourself individually. And you could apply, as I've mentioned, you could do it in various aspects of your life. But here's some fun ways to do it. Um, so one thing that I've had is I've actually some agencies that I've worked with, they actually bring their producer team together and actually have all the producers do this at the beginning of each year or at some point every 12 to 18 months. And so when you're building your business plan, you're actually incorporating that as the first step to going forth and, and putting together your sales goals for the year. What's also fun is you're able to actually then share. Producers can kind of look at each other and go, oh, where are there relationships that might be more meaningful for me that we can play on with each other and we can build a strategy together to bring relationships together. So the other piece might be even your management team. So let's talk about that. I may have my management team sit down and actually plot everybody on the management team and actually be honest with themselves. Gee, so for instance, I might have to say, look, you know, um, my CFO, CFO and I are that close. And so I actually this year have to make more of a concerted effort to create a relationship. 
or I might see that I have two people on the team who don't get along. And so what can I do to help create that bridge? And are they aware of where they need to be spending time? And I, I know we hear people out there say, you know, I can't believe that people are out golfing all the time or they always seem to be out at happy hour. Now there's a balance. I get that. But really the key piece, when you think about it, it's truly a business strategy. Um, and in this producer piece, like many of you, it may also be not just clients or prospects that you're trying to engage with, but it might be underwriters. It might be um, carrier relationships that are key that you have in the long run so that you have more of an impact when you are sitting at a negotiating table trying to make a difference um, from one side or the other and vice versa. You could have an underwriter who says, you know, I'd really like to have a better relationship with this agency or, or a principal or producer in order to see more business. Or frankly, we all know it sits in the account manager's control, just so you know. Um, so if you're diluting yourself, that's a different thing as well. So let's figure out where the relationships really belong and where decisions get made. All right, so management team we've discussed. Um, also, it might be board members. So think about boards that you're on. Many of you serve on different boards. It could be independent agent boards that are local and or state or national. It could be um, community boards that you serve on, chambers of commerce, city councils. Um, I get into communities here just a little bit more. But if you're on a business board and you know that you're trying to make a difference, um, plot those relationships out and really think strategically about who we need to move in and out of those spheres of influence so you have a more impactful year this next year. Okay. Um, many of you sit on or would like to be on carrier advisory councils. So that's another place. What relationships and where do decisions get made? Do you understand decision-making processes? And how do you start to collaborate and work on that as well? Okay. Um, so community. So we'll get a little bit away from business and, and into more community pieces. So many of you have kids. And you might at some point say, look, I'd like to be more involved in the community from a standpoint of school boards. Uh, and you might be thinking, you know what, by the time my child gets to high school or by the time my child gets to middle school or grade school, I'd like to have an impact on those decisions. So what relationships do I need to be working on today in order to make a difference? And, and some of you do fundraising. Fundraising does not happen just because you ask for money or that you have a great thing to sell. It's because people have relationships. Uh, it's why when you have a GoFundMe page, it works because it's an emotional connection. <laughs> you know, there, there's an element of I see this, this is my friend, or I'm tied to a person because of, of a connection between another person. And so that's why it works is that we have a social um, connection and relationship and responsibility to each other that has more of a pull than just the facts and figures, please. You might be the best salesperson in the world. You might have the best product. You might have the best reason to go after it, but the relationship's not there. It won't work. Governmental affairs is kind of an interesting thing. You know, we not to let secrets out of the bag, but we very purposely are honest with ourselves here. And, and I know other, uh, the others of you are as well is, you know, who do we need to make sure that we have relationships with and are we plotting those out and are we doing it as an organization? Are we doing it as our members being be having effects on people or am I doing it as an individual? And so you as an organization might think, 
we have to have relationships in our community. Let's plot this out from a business perspective relationship, not an individual perspective. And what does that look like? And then, of course, I'm sure there's a million things you could think of as to how, how to apply it in your personal life. All right. So one of the things that I'd like you to do is make sure that as you, you take away and you start thinking about what are my takeaways today, I hope you'll be thinking about, look, let me just go through the effort because it's amazing and it's not something that's probably going to happen in one activity. It's probably something that you're going to percolate on, chew on, go talk to others, maybe make it a team event that it's something that your management team or your producers sit down and do and it becomes something that you can actually plot. If you believe that you can just do this in a, in a mental state, I can see it, you're probably deluding yourself. This is something that you probably need to put on paper, look at it, and make sure that you're re-evaluating it on a regular basis. And, and frankly, I do this anytime there's a major shift in staff, in initiatives, in board members, any of that. I've got to reevaluate. If I've got somebody who I know will be the chair of my board, in three or four years, now's the time to build the relationship with that person, not in four years when they're chair of the board. So think through what is it that you can do from a takeaway standpoint. Now, this is the moment of honesty. And some of you have seen me do these slides before. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on them. And obviously you can go, we'll be able to make this podcast, it'll become a podcast. We'll also make the webinar available for you if you wanna refresh it or play for others. But what we know is that if on a scale of one to five, um, you're motivated to do something, you actually won't take action until you're at least at a level three. Okay, so let's talk through those on a, on a brief basis. If you're at a level one, you can see the value in this. So if you look at this exercise today and say, well, that's interesting, I can see value in it, but you're not, but that's as far as you can go. Or, you know what, I actually think that's a great idea. I have an attitude about it. We should do that. That, that's only as far as it will take you. Only, the only way that you'll actually go take action is if you actually have conviction in what it is that you're doing. And you can apply this, whether it's this exercise or the goals that you have. So when I set goals at the beginning of the year or mid-year, whenever we do it, I go back and I'm honest with myself. Do I actually have conviction about this goal or is it just something I think should be done and I, have, I value it and I believe it's important or do I actually have passion around it which hopefully you're at a level four in that regard. So if passion being that powerful, we know at the end of the day, what's even more powerful is compassion. Look, level five is for the greater good, this is something that I have to do. So if you have a goal that you're at level five, I would absolutely encourage you to make sure you've done your personal relationship development along the way. But you also have to have skill. You can't just have knowledge where you can regurgitate it back and forth or analyze things. You have to be at a position where you can't just say, well, I can analyze the difference between two things. You have to be able to say, I can then evaluate and give you a recommendation um, because that's a very different skill than just saying, well, here's a gap analysis. You know, my relationship looks like this and my relationship should look like that. That's an analysis. An evaluation is, okay, now this is what I'm going to do about it. And level four would actually be, I can persuade others to bring me along. And level five is having vision. So we also know you won't take action until you make time for it. All right. So we know that you won't make time for it if you say, I intend to do that after this workshop. Okay. This is something I'll reinforce throughout the year. So it probably won't be the first time you hear it. Um, it's not going to be good enough to just say, I intend to. It's not going to be good enough to just say, I'll try and I'll make an attempt. And it's, it will make a difference when you actually say, I commit 
to doing it. When you hear somebody say, I commit, quite a different effect. And as many of you have heard me say, it's not good enough to say, I commit to try. You just dropped yourself back down to level two. All right. So let's be honest with ourselves. Level four is I have purpose. And level five is I'm actually on a mission. So just collectively on the screen, you can see, look at from a standpoint across the board, you actually have to have a minimum of conviction, the skill set to do it and evaluate it, and then the time to actually commit against it. Now, what does it look like as a team? A team is I'll actually, I just respect that. I think that's important or I have ambition would be too. But level three is we actually have courage to go do what it takes, even though it gets hard. And when it gets really hard, the only way that you'll survive through that is level four, having perseverance. And level five would be wisdom. And as leaders, I'll remind us this, a level one leader who we talk about this, you might say, hey, you know what? I'm interested in that. I think that's interesting. Um, let me know how that goes. You now know that they've dropped themselves to a level one. Don't go tell anybody I told you the secret, but pay attention to these terms. Or somebody's even nice enough to say, let me know and I'll get involved. Involvement is only a level two. Okay, It's sitting back, waiting. It's not a conviction um, activity. A conviction activity is I will engage in this and be proactive in the process. And level four will actually be, wait for it. I will go convince others to do this with me, okay? So that's really what that's about. So when you see somebody out there convincing others to come along, you know that it's about a level four um, that they're operating at. And back to sort of the beginning I mentioned, level five is I'm inspiring others to go forth and do things, right? It's at a very deeper level. It's that it's for the greater good. It's terribly important. We need to go work on that. So in the words that I've heard, and many of you who were at Joe Vincent and saw Chris Riddell, we talked about technology, we talked about the things that we do, but at the end of the day, um, it's time to be more human than human. And we have to put our time into those relationships. Um, we have to have the technology, we have to have the tools, we have to have the products, we have to have the good purposes behind there. But at the end of the day, it's humanity that will move us forward. So um, next go round, we're going to get into um, this concept of becoming more aware of what's really worth your energy. So today we talked about specifically relationships. I'm going to take the concept around um, the 80-20 rule and see if we can apply it to, you know, we know that 80% of um, your what is happening is done with probably 20% of your time, right? So how do we make sure that we maximize that relationships, our business, our staff, our energy and so forth. So that's what next month's going to be about. In the interim, oops, I think we have music playing, but maybe not. Maybe I can only hear it. Um, please join the conversation. Get on Facebook and share your ideas. I'll put a note out there. And thank you for listening. You all have a very great day. And I think we did it all in 31 or 32 minutes. And Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Enjoy 2020. Go out there and build relationships. And what I'm going to ask you to do is make sure that you also, if you do nothing else, please reach out. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, right? So reach out and thank somebody who was a, is a big part of your sphere of influence, who's been part of the results that you've had, and thank them for that. And maybe we can share some of those stories on Facebook. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much. Bye.